Welcome to the Achieve My Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Valentine from 100.7 Kick FM, joined as always by the stars of the show, Dr. Jared, Dr. Evan. Now, Dr. Evan, uh, last podcast, you were talking to Amy about back to school, right? Yeah, that was great. Great conversation we had together. So following up on that, I guess we can call this back to school part two. What are some of the things we're going to touch on and talk about today? You know what? There's so many different aspects as we get back to school with keeping you and your family healthy. And, you know, as people are getting busy, getting back into routines, having to get kids up early, get them to the bus, get them to school, pick them up after school, get to school activities, you know, time and stress and just making sure you're taking priority for your health is a huge topic. So today we're going to talk about different things you can do to not only keep yourself healthy, but keep your kids strong, healthy, and in school this year as well. I know that a lot of schools in our in our county um, do do uh, a free kind of back to school. They do lunch uh, or breakfast for free as well. And so I know that there's a lot of different options out there uh, for parents that are kind of in a hurry or they're trying to rush their kids off to school or whatever it is. There, there's options for kids to get um, breakfast at schools. But the biggest thing that we get asked about is what do we put in our lunchbox uh, for our kids? If they're not eating the school lunch, if they're if a, if a parent wants to be more health conscious about what their kids are putting into their bodies for, whether it's uh, decreasing inflammation and sugar and, and colors and dyes and pesticides, herbicides, all these things, it's like, okay, what can we do to make sure that our kids are eating very, very healthy so that they can have the best brain power going through the day that we possibly can? And so today, hopefully we'll be able to cover some of those things for you. Um, uh, we do have a, a couple lists and maybe we can even post it on your guys's, uh, you know, uh, radio station, we can attach it to our, our podcast. And so maybe it's a, it just a downloadable link uh, that parents can just download and they can get that in their hands and make it super simple for them as well. But, you know, one of the biggest things is protein, right? Protein, healthy fats. Uh, those are the biggest things that we're going to probably cover today. Uh, one of the biggest things I, I think is like, these proteins, right? And so whether it's grass-fed beef jerky, apple sauces that are more on the organic side, we can talk about plantain chips instead of uh, instead of potato chips, right? Mm-hmm. So you do lateral shifts. We talk a lot about in our office. Uh, just to kind of list a couple things that I have kind of just marked down here, uh, I look at guacamole, hard-boiled eggs, raw nuts, right? Those are those are great brain power things for your kids going through sn- uh, school. They're healthy snacks. Now we got to be a little bit careful with nuts because sometimes there's peanut allergies, there's nut allergies in school. So you got to be careful around who you're eating those around and whatnot as well. Uh, But we can talk about even, you know, different types of olives. Uh, Dark chocolate, believe it or not, is great for kids, uh, especially if it's dark dark chocolate because kids love chocolate, right? So how do we get dark chocolate? Because it has a reduced sugar content and they're not getting all that sugar and inflammation into their bodies as well. They're going to be able to pay a little bit closer attention in school. So they're not going to have the ADD, the ADHD problems if we continue to reduce those, uh, those sugars the sugars, um, things like pickles, tangerines, uh, sweet potato chips, uh, again, going away from the, the, the so-called potato chips. These are all things that we have as far as for lunch box ideas. Um, the, the main thing is I think that Dr. Evan and I always talk about in the office is, you know, make sure that parents are reading the product label. That's the biggest thing that we can tell parents right now is make sure you know what you're going is what's, what is going into your children. Mm-hmm. If it has colorings and dyes and pesticides and herbicides, if it's not necessarily on the organic side, maybe just put that back on the shelf because it's probably one of the things that's leading to a lot of the, the neurodegenerative or the or the developmental kind of uh, behaviors that you're seeing in your children. So we want to start switching some of these things around or make sure that we're making these lateral shifts so that parents can just continue to make sure that their families are healthy. Right. So by the way, that list that you just talked about, Dr. Jared, is going to be on the Kick FM website at Kick Country. Country.com. That's K-I-C-K Country. 
Com. Just click in the podcast section. You'll see it right there so you can download it, print it out, and talk about it with your kids. Now, guys, do you recommend that parents sit down and go over this list with the kids to find out what they may like or may eat? Or is it more like, I'm the parent, I highly recommend that you eat this? You know, I think it's a two-way street. I absolutely think parents and children should sit down and talk about what is healthy and what is the food you're putting into your body doing. You know, unfortunately, as research starts to come out, we were all taught growing up that there's this food pyramid thing and that you're supposed to have so many servings of this and so many servings of this and so many servings of this. Well, if you look at what the standard American diet food pyramid looks like, the very bottom base of it is all grains. And so breads, granolas, you know, all these different things that contain large amounts of sugar and turn to sugar very rapidly in, in children's bodies. And they don't use it very much for brain power. And so, unfortunately, we have to take that food pyramid and basically just stand it on its head. Mm-hmm. We got to try to get a lot of those grains out of the diet. Focus more on the proteins and the good fats like Dr. Jared was just talking about. And when children can see and, you know, we've had patients before that their kids would wake up in the morning and pour themselves two bowls of cereal. And then they'd go to school and they'd have pizza or a sandwich for lunch. And then they'd just be dragging and ready for a nap and falling asleep in their afternoon classes. And they couldn't figure out, well, why is... Why is my kid so tired? It's not like they're staying up all hours of the night. They're just always tired and they feel like they can't focus in school. Well, we got to get a lot of those grains out of the diet and focus more on what's actually going to fuel your body, what's actually going to fuel your brain and allow your neurons in your body and in your brain to learn and to obtain and uh, hold on to that knowledge that the teachers are teaching. So what would you recommend then when you talk about grains, people think of like bread. Like sandwiches, that's a staple for a lunch, right? What, what do we what do we do instead of sandwiches now? Or do we do them, but just with a different type of grain? Well, you can do them with a different type of grain. Uh, there's such thing called sprouted grain bread. Um, you can buy it at Eldon's. It's, uh, shoot, I'm completely blanking on the name. What's the type of? Ezekiel bread. Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel. So much. Yeah. You know exactly what I was talking about. I, Ezekiel I was following bread. you. I was tracking. The sprouted grain bread is a much better option. It's mm. a healthier option if you really want to do the just straight up sandwiches, uh, traditional, but getting away from sandwiches as well and getting away from crackers and getting away from processed things like uh, like cheap granola bars and different uh, things like that that have a lot of fillers in them is a great option. So going back to more natural things, more God-grown things like fruits, apples, oranges, uh, all the things that Dr. Jared was talking about are much better options and healthier options for our kids to eat. Yeah, and if we can get this in their hands, right, if they can print it off, it's going to make it much easier for them as well. And and to just kind of further what like Dr. Evan was just talking about, even like things like uh, more vegetables, right? So you can take like uh, different types of uh, bell peppers, cut, cut up bell peppers, and you can do hummus with that. And they can be certain dips and guacamole and hummus. And so it all depends on that kid's palate, right? And your kids might put up a fuss in mm-hmm. the beginning, right? <laughs> because their palate's not used to this. Their palate is probably used to a lot of sugars and a lot of that sweet stuff. And that's what they're going to be kind of a craving and addicted to. But as they continue to change the palate and as you continue just to kind of put these things in their lunch boxes, and if it's the only thing that they can eat, more than likely they're probably going to eat it. They're going to be coming home and they're going to be a little hungry and they're going to probably look for a healthier snack when they get home. So this is a, I think it's a, it's a great, well put together guide that, you know, Dr. Ev and I have done. And I think it's, it'd be a great uh, opportunity for people to just print that off and put it on their, on their shelf, attach it to their uh, refrigerator, whatever it is. And then you have a quick guide as, as far as what you're going to do. Um, the other thing on top of food 
you know, we talk about organic versus non-organic. Uh, the thing that comes to my mind is a clean 15 and 30 dozen. And so this is a great list where people can get onto, I think it's EWD, uh, EWG.org mm-hmm. is where they can print off the new clean 15 dirty dozen. And this is going to give uh, parents a good uh, list as well as far as like, what do I need to necessarily buy organically and what don't I have to necessarily buy organically? So it's not like we have to buy everything organically. There's some foods that have a natural coating or natural protection around them that keeps some of the herbicides and pesticides out. But there are some definite things that you want to be um, kind of looking to and, and buying organically the best you can. Um, the other thing that we talk a lot about in our office is dairy, right? Mm-hmm. And getting rid of milk and those types of things. And so other types of like drink ideas, uh, water is great, right? Mm-hmm. Our bodies are like 90% water. So let's get more water into our body. First of all, um, coconut water is something that we always recommend unsweetened almond milk, uh, coconut milk, infused wa- water. You can make smoothies to send to school with your kids. I mean, those are all just great things and great options. Instead of just giving them a big glass of milk that can, that is basically lots of inflammatory, mm-hmm. uh, formation inside the body. And milk is a whole different, uh, type of subject. There's probably some parents out here going, oh my gosh, where are my kids going to get their calcium and where are my kids going to get the vitamin D and milk is so healthy. Milk is not healthy. So just do a little back end research on that and you'll figure out that there's much uh, more nutrition in your green vegetables and uh, as far as your calcium and everything goes, and then you can supplement vitamin D. It's going to be a lot healthier for you in the end. And definitely stay away from the sodas. Absolutely. <laughs> Those sugary drinks. Um, you know, you drink one sugar, uh, one thing of sugar um, and it's about that kid's daily allowance of sugar within that one day. So just that one can of pop is like, it far exceeds what that kid should be having actually in sugar. Um, and you know, sugar not only causes the inflammation and probably the, a lot of the concentration issues that kids are having, but you look at the obesity epidemic that we're seeing in our, in our young kids as well, uh, all the way down into our elementary, uh, age kids and sugar is a big, big culprit of that. Guys, what would you say to the, the parents? Obviously we're all busy with our lives. The parents that say, I don't have time to do all this shopping and, and sort everything out. What would you recommend that they do? I would really encourage them to really look at where they're spending their time, right? And because we all have the same amount of time in a day and why do some people get some things done and some people don't, right? And so I look at how much time are you spending on Facebook? How much time mm-hmm. are you spending on Instagram, TikTok, um, other social media type things where it's distracting you away from, you could be planning and taking care of your family and actually planning and meal planning um, successfully. One of the things that really will help make successful is that, you know, just plan a day of the week where you're going to meal plan. And you're going to meal plan. And then there's another day of the week where you're going to do all your grocery shopping. So one day you're meal planning, you're, you're spending maybe an half an hour on what meals you're going to have or what snacks you're going to have for that kid that day. And then the next day, or maybe three days later, you're doing all your grocery shopping for your meal planning. So if you plan, if you plan to be successful, you're going to be successful. If you, if you plan, uh, unfortunately, if you don't plan, you're going to probably fail. Chris, I'm just going to make a comment on what you said there. And this might sound a little harsh, but it's actually really helped my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Instead of when we when we start talking about things like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to have time for that, we actually stop ourselves. And instead of saying we don't have time for that, we say it's just not a priority right now. Mm-hmm. And see how that feels. When, when you actually say like, oh, I don't have time to go grocery shopping or I don't have time to make healthy food. Instead of saying I don't have time, it's it's just not a priority to make healthy food. And then your brain starts to think like, oh, maybe I should make that a priority. And you start to find time in your day when things are a priority for you, you will find time to do that. And so just having that mental shift has really helped my wife and I make sure that we are prioritizing and scheduling out the things that we do want to make a priority, such as eating healthy, making healthy meals for for our family, and making sure that we're spending time as a family together is a big one. You know, it's a such a crazy another epidemic we're facing in our country is 
so many families are not even having one meal together. I think it's something along the lines of like less than 15% of families in our country right now actually eat one meal together a day. And so just that time together with your family of checking in and seeing how things are going, uh, how are things going at school? How are things going at work? How are things going with sports? Just for parents to be able to have that time to check in and have an open time for kids to talk to their parents uh, is a not only a huge stress relief for the kids, but it's a great thing for the family unit as well. Planning and prioritizing. Uh, yeah, definitely and important. I like what you said about, you know, the healthy eating at home and how you're preparing your meals. And I think that, you know, your family, like our family, uh, when you're when you're already cooking, well, cook more, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just cook a lot more. Cook like double or triple or what you're used to cooking because then you're going to have healthy leftovers to put in the lunch boxes and, put your, and, and for your kids as well. So you're saving time in the long run. If you're already cooking, well, just cook a lot more. And then that way you're having these healthy snacks and these healthy grab things that you can actually be, you know, putting into your kids' uh, lunchbox and eating throughout the week to save yourself some time if you are on a time crunch. Very good idea. So we talked about lunch, snack options. Anything else from the nutrition side of it before we jump into the backpack safety? How long do you want to be here, Chris? <laughs> so we can go on and on about this. <laughs> we, we can go on and on. So let's move into some uh, like backpack safety. Let's let's cover that stuff a little bit. So when you say backpack safety, I guess I never really thought about this. You know, as being like a parent, it's like backpacks can get heavy. You're talking about the back strain and pain, right? When you talk about backpack safety and how to wear it and wear it safely. Yeah, if you actually look at how most kids, especially kids in the developmental age, like kindergarten, first, second, third grade, they're wearing their backpacks completely wrong. And it is actually causing abnormal growth in their spines, abnormal growth in their growth plates. Uh, the backpacks are, first of all, way too heavy, especially mm-hmm. for those little kids when they have to carry a couple books. And I know a lot of schools are even uh, sending home like Chromebooks and different things like that. With children, when they have to carry all those books, all their homework, all their lunch, and then you throw on, like, in the wintertime in Minnesota, the clothes, the boots, and everything else, these backpacks are weighing almost as much as these kids. (laughs) And then when they wear it, they wear it way too low on their back, and it's putting strain on their shoulders, it's causing forward head posture, it's causing tension on their spines and nervous systems, which is leading to detrimental effects on their health. So I was going to ask you, what's the most common way to wear it wrong? Is it wearing it too loose or is it just over one shoulder or? I think it's a combination of all that. You know, I think it's a combination of overloading it. Um, Typically, uh, the national guidelines on wearing a backpack is about 10 to 15 percent percent of what that person's body weight is. So if your child weighs 30 pounds, they should only be carrying about three pounds of weight in their backpack. If you, if your child weighs hundred pounds, they should be carrying about, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 uh, pounds of, of weight in their backpack. That's the national guidelines for backpack safety. And I think that, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's loading it up too much, whether it's wearing too low, whether it's, you know, over one shoulder, those are all going to cause the injuries that Dr. Evan was talking about. And when a kid has an injury at a young age, they're more susceptible to have severe injuries as they age. And so the pain that your child is experiencing or maybe talking about it with the neck pain, the shoulder pain, the low back pain, whatever it may be, those pains are probably real. And unfortunately, what that what, what research now shows is that those pains actually grow and become more severe as that kid goes through school or whether it's into young adulthood or even adulthood um, as, they, as they age. Uh, you know, some other statistics, it's really interesting because a lot of parents don't even think about it. It's like, what are these kids actually having with pain, right? Well, uh, 66% of school nurses report seeing students with pain or injury actually 
actually attributed to backpack safety. And so, and backpacks, and up to 60% of children will actually experience, will experience back pain um, by the time that they're 18 years old. So nearly 50 to 60% of the of kids are having injuries due to backpacks. So again, it is a big idea. It, it is a big, a big problem. And it is a big um, uh, thing that we need to focus on to make sure that kids are staying safe and are uh, doing the right things in order to carrying their backpacks. What are some things that you notice from like a younger child, like a kindergarten, first grade, if they start having back pain, they're pretty resilient. They're probably not going to tell you or show it, right? Or will they say, I just got aches and pains or my neck hurts or lower back hurts? Or what are some signs that you can... Actually, some of the most common things we see are trouble focusing, um, trouble... Ha- the- Unfortunately, it's they're getting lumped into like ADD, ADHD type things, mm-hmm. but it's trouble focusing, trouble sitting still, trouble allowing their nervous system to just calm down. And so a lot of times what they'll complain of is they can't focus, behavioral issues, uh, maybe they can't see or they're struggling to see, um, and stomach aches, digestive issues, but m- a lot of it is with behavioral stuff. But mm-hmm. We also do see a lot of kids that come in and say they have or their neck is hurting or their head is hurting or their ear is hurting because strain in the nervous system, especially in the upper cervical, is going to lead to things like ear infections. It's going to lead to um, a lot of problems with the upper cervical area. Is that the same when you, what did you guys mention about the kids and the cell phones now? Cause they're always looking down. <laughs> Tech neck, right? Tech And so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you put a heavy weight on your back, well, the backpack's going to want to pull you backwards. And so what do you do? You stick your head out in front of you in order to balance the weight. You It's a counterbalance, right? So your, your head can weigh anywhere between, you know, probably six, eight pounds for a kid all the way up to 10, 15 pounds as an adult. And so when you look at that, it's a good counterweight or a counterbalance uh, for what we're putting on our back. And so as we load up those backpacks and we don't want to lean backwards, well, now we're either going to bend forward at the waist, which is doubling the amount of pressure on that on that lower um, lower back and on the discs in the lower back. So as soon as we bend forward 10 to 15 degrees, we're doubling the amount of stress on our lower discs in the back. And then we're also sticking our head forward. So yeah, that's where we're creating all that um, damage and that tension in our cervical spine that can lead to you know the headaches and everything else that we're talking about with the neck pain. But it also can start to lead to even asthma problems and breathing issues because the nerves in the upper part of our back or the lower part of our neck, those are where those nerves go. They go directly into into our, into our lungs, into our heart, uh, and they start to affect those areas as well as that problem continues to build and, and grow within these kids. And so there's lots of things other than just complaining about pain, uh, the restlessness, the irritability. Those are all things that, hey, when we get when we get pain, right, when you don't feel good, Chris, I guarantee you get a little crabby. We could mm-hmm. we could talk to your significant other, and I guarantee mm-hmm. she would say, yeah, he's not the, the best to be around when he's a little <laughs> sick or doesn't feel well, right? Well, that's how we all are. We get a little irritable, and that's, I think, all, that's just human nature and animal nature. I mean, when a dog doesn't feel well, right, they don't want to be petted. They always want to be left alone. Otherwise, they start to snap or bite at you. And so, you know, when kids are acting up or just different from their normal um, um, activities or their different patterns, it's more than likely something's wrong. And so you got to just kind of dig and ask questions about what's going on, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, is it is it an emotional problem? Is it a physical problem? Is there something else deeper that's going on? Those are the questions and the conversations that parents should be having with their kids. So obviously it's limiting weight for younger kids in their backpacks. I mean, if you have too much in the backpack, is it just holding stuff out? Do you distribute it better? Are backpacks all created equal? Or- yeah. Um, you know, they're not. And so some backpacks have the double strap. Some actually have like more of a, of a waist strap that they can actually distribute weight a little bit differently. So not only having the, the straps properly uh, maintained across their shoulders, but also if there is a, a chest strap or if there's a, if there's a, a hip strap, you know, making sure that those are straps so that that weight can be distributed evenly and not just pulling on that, on that child's shoulders. 
Awesome. Good information. Uh, it's, it's things that you don't really think about when, when sending kids back to school. You're just worried about school shopping, right? <laughs> that's that's gotta, pretty much it. Picking up the right pencil, the right color right. folder. If parents <laughs> listening right now have more questions, they can call you guys anytime, right? Absolutely. Feel free to give our office a call anytime. The number to reach us at is 320-762-2055. You can message us via our Facebook page at Achieve Wellness. Or you can uh, visit our website at AchieveMyWellness.com. Awesome. And don't forget that nutrition guide is going to be up on our radio station website. So you can download it, print it out, and go over it with your kids. Good stuff. It's at KickCountry.com, K-I-C-K, Country.com. Dr. Jared, Dr. Evan, thank you once again. Thanks for having us, Chris. Thank you.